In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about setting the rage table for three, vengeful bathroom scenes, playing with Barbies, and fictional cliff hangovers in our discussion of Omen's Bite by PCCast and KristenCast. everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to discuss Omen's Bite by PC Cast and Kristen Cast. Standard disclaimer! If you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Then come back. If you haven't at this point, pretend you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. I thought you were going to pass out there. You stopped about that in half a breath. I did. I thought about, I haven't I haven't done that in a while. I've been doing them slow and leisurely, but not today. Not no. today. No. 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 For there is much to discuss. There is, and we have something very special happening around Would You Rather time. We have a guest joining us. Now, don't get too, too excited because it's not PC Cast and Kristen Cast, although we talked about it and we planned it. And then we were like, no, let's promote your new book that comes out in July instead. And that's going to be really fun. So we're going to talk about Into the Mist with PC Cast in a couple of months. But we are going to have one of our very first Patreon members, Coral, joining us for Would You Rather. And look, we have been trying to get Coral on this podcast for a thousand years at least We've and been now it's in happening the world and back again trying to get we have and you podcast. know what time doesn't make sense there it doesn't it doesn't we've took our phones we set an alarm and what happened messed up no it did not work but we're very excited for Coral to be joining us. And remember, if you would ever like to join us for a game of Would You Rather, all you have to do is join our Patreon. Yay! Yay! We have a special tier just for Would You Rather. It's the Would You Rather tier, shockingly enough, is what it's called. Yes. <gasps> <gasps> so everyone go and check out our Patreon. Go check out our Patreon right now. Patreon.com slash fictional hangover. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. You also get really fantastic videos from us that are also terrible. Exactly. You can see exactly what we're doing right now. Even if this bit is edited out of the audio. Yes. Yes. And you're going to see our fantastic t-shirts that we put on. We dress up for these things. We do. (laughs) I'm not dressed up today. I'm wearing my work t-shirt today. But, I mean, it is nice. But it is also appropriate, given a conversation we're going to have soon. Technically, I've already had the conversation. Technically. But can you go back and watch it? You can. You can. You can go to Saline County Library's Facebook page and watch the delightful interview with Jackson Ford that just took place earlier this week. It's wonderful. Time is meaningless in the underworld. Time is meaningless in Duat. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. But the beauty is, in the audio version, that could be edited to make sense. And only the Patreon version would be all this wonderful craziness. However, yeah. knowing Amanda, 
everybody's getting everything. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I've I've really slacked off on the editing lately, okay? I'm just leaving it all in. I'm just leaving just in every so stressful. No, it's fine. Anywho, I'm going to go back to the actual topic at hand. Yes. Which is Omen's Bites. Yes, and PC Cast and Kristen Cast, which, you know, my background info this time is like, look, just go back and listen to any of our episodes with them because there's a lot of them. Well, exactly. We did talk to both PC and Kristen for um, the first Sisters of Salem book. Yes, Spells Trouble. We talked to both of them and we've talked to PC Cast several times about mm-hmm. House of Night and she's wonderful and we're talking actually- to her hear the build up to these books you can you can it's really great with the first one she was like excited about a new project that was coming and then it was oh yeah our new our new trilogy is starting and now here we are in the middle of it and we're already talking about her next book that comes out in july we're just we're pre-excited for pc cast things (laughs) yes yes we are okay Do we have initial thoughts? Do we remember what happens at the end of book one? <laughs> hangover? Hangover? No, well, yeah. Hangovers. Hangover. Yes. Cliffhangers cliffhanger as well. Cliffhangovers. Cliffhangovers. <laughs> that's our new thing. Fictional cliffhangovers. <sighs> what? I don't know. I feel like I should preempt everything with the caveat of saying my words have been really rubbish this week, so enjoy. Yeah, we don't we don't have good words this week, so it's going to be interesting. I have not been good English this week. <laughs> no, but remember, at the end of book one, Hunter and Mercy are twin witches, and their mom just died. And She's... their cat turned into a. Their cat turned into a person, but their mom died protecting a gate because the sisters, or the the family before the mother died, are guardians of gates to the underworld Mm -hmm. that are all in this one little, beautiful little witchy town called Goodyville. And now the sisters are the gate guardians because the mother is dead, and, well, terrible shit happens. I feel like there's a womp womp in there. Or maybe two. There's one or two womp womps. Definitely. So here we are. Oh, oh, you could go back and listen to the episode. You can go back and listen to the episode or you can read our summary at fictionalhangover.com slash summaries. (laughs) There's a a lot of them there. One of these days, I swear to Lucifer, I'm going to make them searchable, but I just don't know how to do it yet. But they're all there. Almost. Most of the summaries are there. We got a lot of summaries, okay? Give me a break. (laughs) On that note. On that note, let's start another summary. (laughs) Which is available at (laughs) fictionalhangover.com. Slash summaries. Okay. Hunter Goody is currently digging her mother's grave. Ooh. Womp womp. Womp womp. Abigail Goody was killed in the three witches' attempt to heal the five trees concealing the gates to the underworld. Why did I say the, everything that I just said? Because it's right here and it's just the beginning of the summer. I was wondering, but I didn't want to interrupt. You were so enthusiastic. Fuck. <laughs> Mercy, Hunter's twin. Well, this part I didn't say. Oh, this part's oh. fine. 
Mercy, Hunter's twin, guilted Hunter into forsaking her chosen god, Tyr, just like she guilts her into everything else. Hunter has always done everything for her sister, but she's not doing that anymore. She's fed up. She stomps inside, covered with mud, and leaves a trail for someone else to clean up. Mercy is inside preparing for the ritual that she, her best friend Emily, Xena, the cat person, Hunter, and Hunter's best friend, Jax, are about to perform before Abigail's wake. Mercy requests that they all wear white and bring something to gift to Abigail. Hunter is seething at not being allowed to mourn in her own role and feels like Mercy is just doing this for attention. The five go outside and prepare, but soon enough Hunter has had enough of Mercy's fakeness and she leaves the ceremony, grabs a suitcase she packed a few days ago and leaves the goody house to live with Jax. Mercy doesn't believe her sister is really gone, but soon enough it is time for the wake. She has to put on a good face. She's still angry after it's over because Hunter has not returned. Xena says she doesn't believe Hunter will come back. Xena's pretty smart. Xena's very smart. She's the smartest person in the series. Yes. Cat person. Yes. Cat smart. She's she's the smartest cat and the smartest person and the smartest cat person. Yes. Yes. Mercy decides she's got to get to work helping the trees because she is always the one who does everything important. She gathers her spell-casting materials and heads to the cherry tree guarding the Japanese gate. She performs her spell under the watchful eyes of two ravens, thinking everything is going well. She is wrong. <laughs> wrong. Womp womp. Womp womp. How many womp womps are we going to have? We need to keep a tally. Oh, back to uh, it's two. Anymore. It's two womp womps. Two womp womps so far. Mercy's circle of salt turns black, and worms and dead leaves fill the space under the boughs. Mercy heads home, feeling very ill, and when she arrives, she and Xena see a dead raven in the front yard. This isn't a good sign at all, and, you know, it really seems like her sister is never coming back. God, don't call me Mercy. Hunter is getting set up in Jax's family's garage apartment. Jax's mother is very Christian and takes Hunter in because it's the Christian thing to do. Hunter is struggling with becoming her own person and also with reading Moira Goody's grimoire to find a way to heal the trees and seal the gates to the underworld. She pleads for Tia's help, but instead is met by Amphitrite, her new goddess that she was forced to choose by mercy. Amphitrite artfully cuts up Hunter's no doubt shirt and pulls her hair from its standard ponytail. She tells Hunter if she wants to be a different person, she's got to be a different person. Then she gives Hunter a book that is very magically powerful. She tells her if she feeds it, it will go in power. But what do you feed a book? Hmm. Hmm. At school... Salad, yes. Um, I'm surprised you didn't come up with something punnier than that. I was thinking a sandwich cake. Might be just because I want cake. I don't know what a sandwich cake is, but I like cake. Cake, cream, jam, cake. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm into that. Okay. Anyway. At school, Kirk... The guy that Mercy dated and made sob his emotions out in the middle of everyone in book one is, shockingly, a douchebag. 
He convinces his football bro and cheerleader friends that Hunter and Mercy are witches and they have to do something about it. He claims they're responsible for all the murders and the weird trees that are growing around town. It seems like he's lining up the pitchforks and riling up the mob. (laughs) (laughs) I was ready to take to the streets with my bow and pitchfork and... Yeah, me too. Burned. Me yeah. too. I'm, I want to burn Mercy at the stake for most of the book. Well, I also want to do that to Kirk, but that's beside the point. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll Fun. rage later. Rage yeah. table after summary. Yes. After school, however, Hunter watches Jack's at football practice. A group of footballer girlfriends tells her to get her man in line, referring to Jack's. They assume that because Hunter is dressed differently, she is all of a sudden liking boys. <laughs> because that's how sexuality what? works. <laughs> One of the bitch girls follows her and taunts her, causing Hunter to grasp the metal railing of the stands and scorching her hands into it. <laughs> She's got so she much runs, power. The cheerleader Kylie follows with a fancy pen that fell out of Hunter's bag. They talk about their favourite fancy pens and Hunter gets flustered. But then Jax comes up and kindly offers to give him a ride home. Oh. Mm. Kylie's not flirting with Hunter. She's flirting with D- Jax. Ah, oh, damn. damn it. Damn it. Damn. Womp womp. Womp womp, number three. Mercy doesn't know what is going on with Hunter and her new look at school. She decides to go to the trees after school to try to heal them, but her magic doesn't really work. At the Doom Palm, Mercy sees Kenti, the half-dragon, half-boy guardian of the Egyptian underworld, and we all swoon. I love Kenti. (laughs) She really connects with him, but of course she would because he's gorgeous. and Yeah, she wants to connect with him. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. He suggests that she try a spell away from the trees to see if her magic is broken or if it's something about the gates. Before she leaves, they touch through the gate and Mercy's hand begins to die. Oh my goodness. No. Kenty tells her that the longer you've lived in one place, the longer you'll survive in the other unless you take a body. That's why Polyphemus the Cyclops, the villain from book one, killed someone almost immediately after coming through the gate. Even though he's very ancient, it's, you know, nicer to have a non-dying body. Yes, I can see that. Generally. At her apartment at Jax's, Hunter plays third wheel to Jax and Kylie. But when Kylie steps outside for a phone call, Hunter does a blood magic spell to save Kylie once Jax using Jax's blood. Hunter found the spell in the grimoire given to her by Aphrodite, and after completing it, she puts her hand, covered in Jax's blood, onto the page. Bright light shines around and then four more spells appear in the book. Ah, so this is how she feeds it, not with cake. Not with with cake, with blood. Doi. Kylie and Jax go out for pizza, leaving Hunter alone with her bloody book, which Amphitrite says isn't finished yet. Mercy leaves the tree and gets a call from Xena, who wants to eat tuna, shrimp, and broccoli pizza, because of course she does. Mercy says she'll go pick one up on her way home. 
The pizza man keeps calling her Hunter, but apologizes for the loss of their mother. As Mercy waits for the pizza to be ready, she gets yelled at about God and witchcraft by a homeless man, Chuck, and then hears sirens. She follows the sound down the block and sees a dead man in an alley with his eyeballs missing. Just like all the Cyclops murders in book one. But wait, didn't Hunter kill Polyphemus? Mercy gets home to find Emily there, and she tells Emily and Xena about the corpse. They try to call Hunter, but she doesn't answer. After Xena goes to bed, Mercy asks Emily for help testing her magic, like Kenty suggested. They try to make an orchid bloom in Mercy's greenhouse, and she ends up making everything in the greenhouse bloom. Her issue with magic must just be at the gates. The next year is Emily's dad's funeral. Remember he was killed by Polyphemus the Cyclops? That now may or may not be dead, or maybe there's a copycat killer? Yeah. Emily wants to do a ritual for her dad, kind of like what Mercy and Hunter did for their mom. so she asks Mercy if she'll do it. Of course she will. The visitation is weird, and Hunter gets bullied by the football bros and their girlfriends. Mercy and Jax try to stand up for her, but she doesn't let them. She rage melts plastic in her hands instead, scaring off the douche group. I just want to rage melt some plastic sometime. Yeah, so do I. It sounds therapeutic. It really does. After the funeral, Mercy is upset, so Xena suggests she seek her goddess's advice. Mercy gathers up offerings to Freya, and she and Xena, in cat form, head to the Norse Gate apple tree, where Abigail died, and they perform a spell. Freya appears to Mercy and says she can't make her more powerful or do anything to really help her, but she will guide her with omens. Freya then gives her a gift before leaving, but doesn't tell Mercy what it is. As Mercy and Xena Cat walk away, Mercy talks to Xena about being excited to have been visited by her goddess. Xena meows in agreement, and Mercy can understand her! <laughs> Freya's gift! Xena tells Mercy that the gift means she is now officially her familiar and will protect her for the rest of her life. Aww. Aww. Aww, I love Xena. I don't want to have a conversation with cats that I can understand. That would be helpful. It would be so great, because I talk to my cats all the time. (laughs) At school the next day, Hunter isn't paying attention in class and then gives a flippant response and is asked to steer back when the bell rings. Instead of getting in trouble, the teacher offers his condolences and says he knows a counsellor if Hunter needs it. After, she heads to her locker but finds it blocked by Kirk, who says he knows about the body. He suggests that Hunter and Mercy kill their hippie slut mother because they are witches and that he's going to burn them at the stake. He is such a nice guy! He is so friendly. (sighs) And not at all terrible. Hunter, however, punches him, her ring bludgeoning his face, and then runs off to the bathroom. We all cheer. Yes, we do. We all cheer loudly at that face punch. Well, she reaches out to Amphitrite, oh, for goodness sake, Amphitrite, when Kirk follows her into the bathroom and smashes her into the mirror, shattering it. With Not the okay. help, Hunter breaks all of Kirk's fingers on one hand, then coolly steps over him and out of the bathroom. 
She's ashamed of what she just did, but is swooped up by Kylie and Jax and carried out to Kylie's car and away from the school. And I am not sad that that happened. No, not at all. Not even one tiny little bit. You cannot follow someone into the bathroom and smash them into a mirror. Not okay. During all of this commotion, Mercy is standing outside the other side of campus, waiting for Emily. She sees her former cheerleader friends who start whispering witch at her, and she starts feeling sorry for herself. She's greeted by her science teacher, who congratulates her on a perfect score on a test, offers his condolences, and says he has noticed that Mercy and Hunter seem to not be getting along. Conveniently enough, Kylie, Jax, and Hunter drive by right then, making Mercy feel very alone, thinking they're rushing off to a party she's not invited to. Can I just say, look, has Hunter ever gone to a party? No, that is not what Hunter does. So she's not just going off to a party with Jax and Kylie. That's not a thing. Exactly. All the way through, I was like, does Mercy know her sister at all? No. No. No, she doesn't. Not a bit. No. Emily arrives soon, and Mercy suggests that they have a sleepover and skip school. But Emily turns her down. Her father's funeral was yesterday so she should probably spend the evening with her grieving mother. Yes, that is correct. Mercy gets sad about this, but understands. Does she? Emily then asks about the ritual and if they can do it the next day at the lake. Mercy, still feeling sorry for herself, agrees, even though Hunter will be there. (sighs) She complains about how mean Hunter has been and how she's taking all her anger out on her. Emily says she's just grieving in her own will. They make plans for the ritual then Emily goes home. Mercy cries at Xena about wanting her old life and her sister back. Can you just please, for the love of fuck, stop whining? Mercy, just stop it. Just for one minute would be bliss. 30 seconds. Just stop it. Xena suggests that Mercy should visit Kenty because he makes her happy. Kenty is happy to see Mercy and invites her to come through the gate to see his realm. He tells her that she can spend one hour in his world without experiencing lasting damage, so she grasps his hand and crosses the barrier. Kenty shows Mercy around the palace and teaches her about some of the gods and goddesses and hieroglyphs and symbols. She asks about a hawk, which symbolizes death, because it makes Mercy think about the ravens she saw earlier and wonders if they're a bad omen after all. Kenty suggests that the ravens were leading her here to find out things about the Egyptian pantheon, which is possible. Then they visit the statue of Hathor, the goddess of joy, love, and women. Mercy leaves her a bottle of perfume as an offering, which Hathor appreciates very much. Soon enough, it's time for Mercy to head back to her own world and to the sandwich shop to get some tuna for Xena. I'm glad that all Xena wants to do is eat. (laughs) Go to the sandwich shop and get me a tuna mayonnaise sandwich, but without the bread, and leave off the vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> so you just you just want tuna? No, She's like, tuna no. and the mayonnaise. I like the mayonnaise as well. I like that. <laughs> but I but I lick around the vegetables. <laughs> it's not a pleasant crunch. Which is she's a carnivore. She's a cat. Obviously, she's not going to eat veg. I have a question about Zena, but I don't know if it's appropriate to ask right now. We are talking about food. 
Do you want Pops? to save it? No, I'm going to ask now, and you can oh, do what you okay. need to do with it. Okay. Cats are supposed to be scared of cucumbers? Is Xena? I don't know. My cats aren't. They're not affected by cucumbers. It feels like it's a weird internet thing. It might be an internet lie. I think that's an internet lie. I mean, there are videos of cats being scared by cucumbers, but we tried it with our cats, and they were just like, why did you put that cucumber there? Make that go away. That is not yeah. food. Yeah. Hunter has been in bed since she got home from punching Kirk and breaking all his fingers. <laughs> Jax and Kylie come in to check on her, telling her how relieved they are that she dodged Kirk's punch that shattered the mirror on his fingers. Well, um, it's not what happened. But Hunter isn't brave enough to tell her friends what actually happened. Jax and Kylie leave and then Amphitrite calls to Hunter telling her she needs to feed the book to get more spells to heal the gates. So Hunter takes the book and follows Amphitrite to an alley downtown where she finds Chuck, the homeless guy, seemingly eating another man whose belly is cut open and whose eyes are missing. It's going to give you a second to absorb that image. Yikes. Chuck says that he's seen Amphitrite in his dreams and then points a knife at Hunter, telling her that it's her turn to make people see. Hunter grabs the knife and Amphitrite saying she's trying to funnel her power into Hunter. Yeah, right. Uh-huh, skeptical sure. eyebrow. Physically pushes Hunter into Chuck, killing him. Just autocorrected a few. Um, <laughs> and for try to clean up the mess using Chuck's blood to feed the book and make sure there's no sign of Hunter was ever there. Hunter, shaken but with the spells she needs in her book, flees the scene. Had this image of her putting the book down and going. Yep. Sponge. Yep. When Mercy leaves the sandwich shop, she is accosted by Kirk who's hopped up on pills, drunk, and full of ignorant rage. He accuses her of witchcraft, tells her he's going to tell everyone in town that she and her sister are witches and that they're murderers. Then he throws her up against the car, thinking all the time of sexually abusing her. Before he can hurt her, a deputy drives by and puts him in the back of his cruiser. Of course, this is all Mercy's fault, and Kirk vows this is not over. Oh, great. (sighs) Great! Meanwhile, Hunter knows she has to go to the gates and perform spells in the newly enhanced blood book, but she's riddled with guilt over killing Chuck. Amphitrite is constantly in her head, telling her she's the only one who has ever helped her, but Hunter wants nothing to do with her anymore. She stops near a gate and sees a raven, thinking it's an omen, and then she steps onto his pendant, that she lost the night she was forced to forsake her god. She cries and apologises to Tira, but she hears no response. She decides to work on the gates when she has more of herself to give away. That night, back in her apartment, Amphitrite comes to Hunter again, yelling at her and telling her Tia doesn't care for her. Hunter stands up to Amphitrite, but the goddess doesn't take that well and grabs Hunter's heart, filling her with pain. Hunter reaches over to the spell book on the nightstand and casts a fire spell to push the goddess away, then free from her grasp. Hunter carves a pentagram into her 
body. Banishing of the Trite. She begins to paint a pentagram on the wall in blood to banish the goddess from her home too when Jax's mom comes in, freaking out about Satanism and forcing Hunter to leave. It's a difficult scene to explain. Yeah. Now homeless, Hunter does another spell to clean up the bloody mess she made trying to banish Amphitrite, so at least Jax's mom won't have any evidence of Satan in her apartment. (laughs) Hunter calls Kylie for help and tells her she got kicked out, which Kylie blames on Kirk. Then she comes to pick her up. Hunter doesn't deny that Kirk is responsible for her getting kicked out, but then she regrets not telling anyone the whole truth of what is going on. She decides that she's going to heal the gates and then come clean. Sure. Yeah. I hear yeah. a lot of heal the gates, but I'm not seeing a lot of heal the gates. No. Mm-mm. Mercy, meanwhile, is preparing for Emily's dance ritual and talking to Zena about Kirk. They talk about whether Hunter really did break Kirk's fingers, but surely if she did, she had a reason? Hmm. Zena asks Mercy if she told Hunter that Kirk accosted her, but no, she didn't because she's too proud and she gets pissy about literally everything. <laughs> Zena's worried about the twins not getting along, which again makes Mercy pissy. Everything makes Mercy pissy. She's just everything. a pissy person. Everything. Rage. Mercy lets Zena know that she'll be spending the weekend with Emily after the ritual. Zena is, of course, okay with this because she's wonderful, and she plans to use her alone time to hunt and eat birds. <laughs> Which is, again, wonderful. I love her. I love her so much. Mercy meets up with Emily to perform the ritual and explains about what Kirk did the night before. They also talk about Hunter, and then, shocking to Mercy, Hunter shows up. Emily is excited to see her friend and welcomes her to the circle, but Mercy is awful to her and won't even let her get out a full sentence. Hunter tries to tell her friend and her sister what has been happening to her, but Mercy's too self-absorbed to let her speak, so Hunter leaves. Mercy and Emily complete the ritual. Then Emily suggests that Mercy should go after Hunter, which of course makes Mercy angry. Back at the house, Zena suggests the same thing, which makes Mercy even angrier. She decides that she's not going to spend the weekend with Emily, and she's not going to stay in with Zena either. She leaves without telling anyone where she's going. Smart. She's Surely smarts. it's going to be fine. Mercy <sighs> drives the Egyptian gate to see Kenty, but when she gets there, she notices that the tree and the ground surrounding it are even worse than before. Then she sees a bizarre fistfight between two friends playing tennis. It's weird, but she shrugs it off as bros being bros. She's excited when she sees Kenty appear, and things get even better when Kenty tells her that the goddess Hathor granted Mercy a boon, allowing Mercy to visit the Egyptian underworld without dying. Ooh! Yay! Mercy still doesn't tell anyone where she's going, and steps through the gate and into Kenty's world. Hathor's blessing appears as a beautiful turquoise gown, an intricate henna tattoo on Mercy's chest, showing Hathor's symbol, horns and a sun. Kendi leaves his spear at the gate, and together they explore the palace. Back in Goodyville, Kirk, released from his hold with the police, goes to a football booster club barbecue. Menacing thoughts flow through his mind as he puts on an anything-for-the-team act with his fellow football bros and the coach. 
The coach wants Kirk off the team until he completes anger management, but we all know that's not gonna happen. Kirk overhears several football moms talking about how he chased Hunter into the bathroom, but then others say that Hunter worships Satan and was covered in blood and got kicked out of her apartment. The town is clearly obsessed with teenage gossip. Kirk finds Jax's mom and talks to her, telling her he believes everything she says about Hunter worshiping the devil. This is probably not going to be good. No. Mobs. Pitchforks. Meanwhile, in the Egyptian underworld, (laughs) Kenty and Mercy are heading to a festival. As they walk, Kenty tells Mercy that Egypt is based on this underworld that they are in. Whatever is here is also there, but not quite as perfect or nice. Things click for Mercy then when she realises that when things happen in the underworld, they happen in Goodyville too. So all the bad things that are seeping out and happening in her town are because of the gates. Mm. Things are going well for the two until Kenty's father, Upawand, shows up. He is terrible and punishes Kenty for being away from his post. But then Mercy hexes him to get him back. Whatever harm he dispenses will be returned to him times three. Unfortunately, Upwan banishes them from the peaceful underworld to Duat, Egyptian hell. Yikes! Womp womp. Womp womp! <laughs> but I'm on vacay! I can't go to Duat. Kylie... <laughs> Kylie has taken Hunter in, and they're having a sleepover. Kylie and Jax kind of confront Hunter about the rumors that they've heard about Kirk and the bloody apartment. They don't really talk about it much because they assume that their friend is telling the truth and that Jax's mom is obsessed with the devil. That's not untrue. (laughs) No, it's not. At school the next day, Hunter is worried because Mercy is absent. Uh, Mercy never misses school. When school gets out, Hunter stops by her locker and finds a naked Barbie inside, surrounded by construction paper, fire, and a message. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And you're next. Oh, freaking great. (laughs) When When Hunter leaves school, Amphitrite shows up and threatens to kill a random passerby unless Hunter goes to the Japanese gate at the cherry tree. Could things possibly get any worse? Well, (laughs) now that you ask... Mercy and Kenty are stumbling through the desert of Duat. Kenty says they need to find Anubis to reverse Mercy's banishment, but doesn't say anything about his own. All he wants to do is get Mercy to safety. Aww. He's so good. Luckily, Anubis appears to them, but unluckily, he's unable to reverse the banishment and tells them the only way to escape is to die. Blah, blah. <laughs> he goes on to say that he cannot help them leave but he will not force them to stay Hunter goes back home after school hoping to meet up with Mercy who is obviously not home but instead of knowing she's stuck in Duat Hunter thinks Mercy is gallivanting around and partying why do they always think the other one is 
partying. That's. I mean, to be fair, I can understand Hunter thinking that Mercy's partying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter goes inside and is nearly attacked by Xena, which is hilarious. (laughs) Her tail puffs. She (laughs) leaps down off the couch with her claws out. Really she's in cat form. She's in cat clarification. She's in cat no, form. she's not. She's in people form. Is she? I mean, you know, I say that her tail puffs. That's just what I say when I get startled. Like, I personally say that my own tail puffs when I get scared. So, yeah. No, she jumps off the arm of the couch in people form with her claws out. But not a literal tail. Thank you. Not a literal tail. She does not. To... Yes. She does not have that. a tail. If she were in cat form, her tail would be puffed. Yes, thank you. But she's in people form. Xena <laughs> oh. tells Hunter that she hasn't seen Mercy and is worried about her because she can no longer feel her. Hunter's not worried about her because why would she be? She's off being selfish as always. So she grabs her tarot cards and tells Xena that she's going to fix the gates. Xena hisses literally hisses at her that something is wrong, but Hunter is adamant about fixing the gates before worrying about anything else. Back into act. Mercy decides she's going to use her connection to Xena to contact her, but there's nothing green or going around her, so she has trouble connecting. She and Kenji decide to find some shelter and try again to connect to Xena. Then a giant sandstorm rolls in and they're chased by terrifying zombie baboons. They run from the storm and from the baboons until they are met by a hooded woman who turns out to be, drumroll please, Kenty's mother, Met. Ah! She too was banished to Upuant, the jerk. Son of a bitch. True. She welcomes them into her home. Kenty tells Merit everything that's happened and how Mercy wants to try to connect with Xena and Hunter, but her green witch powers need green things to work well. Luckily, Merritt has a lovely garden full of vegetables that Mercy can use to channel her power. She reaches out to Hunter and to Xena and is able to reach them. But then, the zombie baboons find them. Oh, zombie no. Baboons. Zombies. Wah, wah. Hunter makes it to the cherry tree in Amphitrite, all the while setting her intention to close the gates. Hunter turns to a page labeled Realms in her blood book. Amphitrite calls to the stream flowing behind the cherry tree, and water begins to swell, but then pulls the dead leaves and worms that are always around the gates down into the earth, leaving a pentagram behind. Hunter starts the spell, but Amphitrite tells her she's doing it incorrectly, which makes Hunter realize that Amphitrite has known how to do this spell all along. Amphitrite says she won't do anything for free and basically threatens to kill Hunter. But then Hunter uses blood and the power of the ley lines running under Goodyville and banishes Amphitrite. (sighs) Evil goddess gone, Hunter turns back to the gate and chants the realm's spell, all the while thinking, close the gate, close the gate. A wild and evil unkindness of ravens swirls around her, and Hunter reaches out to the cosmos, to the true source of her strength, and completes her spell. The ravens explode with the power that bursts from her fingers like lightning. She looks up to see the leaves of the cherry tree sparkling with new green growth. But then she feels a terrible pain in her head and hears a message from Mercy about being trapped in Duat. Hunter puts on her pendant from Tyr, now glowing with his power, and with her cosmic powers restored, she sets off to save Mercy. 
And Vitraitri has been watching Hunter as she completes her spell and leaves to find Mercy. She stops by the tree and releases a giant bubble of water magic that rips a hole in the tree and the gate beyond. Oh no. Some time later, New Honor, a serpent woman from the Japanese underworld, slithers from the hole in the tree. Her skin begins to turn grey like Mercy's did when she entered the Egyptian underworld and she realises she must feed on someone quickly or she will die. She makes a bundle materialise in her arms, wrapped in swaddling clothes, then slithers to the edge of Goody Lake and begins to wail. One of the football moms rushes over to help her, but regrets her decision when no honour slashes her throat and begins to drink her blood. Oh, no. Oh, and that's the end. The end. (laughs) Fictional cliffhanger. Fictional cliffhangers. (laughs) Oh, man. And on that pleasant note, let's take a break. Yes. Yes. Let's. Hi there. I'm Volley, one of the hosts of the Reading Queens podcast. If you love books, fandom discussions, and having a good time, join your new internet friends as we take on such topics and more. Hosted by a group of published authors, Reading Queens is a podcast for every book lover. Every week we get together to blab about our favorite books, why we love them, and the book boyfriends we wish were real. You can find the episodes on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other platforms, with a new episode launching every Wednesday. Thanks. Now back to the show. Uh, only seven womp womps. Only seven. I feel a little disappointed in us. It's okay. That's still a lot of womp womps for one book. <laughs> there probably would have been more more moments, other moments. But you've got, you've got to put them in the it's right. You really do. You really, really do. Right. Can we get our rage table out first? As long as Mercy is on it, and when I flip the rage table, like, she gets stabbed with all the cutlery that's on the table. Well, it's a double date rage table. On one side, we have Mercy. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, we have Kirk. And in the middle, we have Candles. Can Upawant be there, too? Yeah, we can put Upawant in there. I mean, why or heck not? But there's Candles. And those Candles will explode and send burning flames, like, wax hot wax and flames all over them and then they will immolate do you know what you sounded like when you were struggling to say all of those words about the candles and the flames and the flames burning, burning and flames. The flames. <laughs> rage flames. our favorite queen <laughs> yes yeah. it's that mm. it is it is basically that yeah like in the grand scheme of those three pissing me off Upawand, I was the least. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's not a god. He's a demigod. He's, he's, he's a demigod. He's Egyptian demigod. He is freaking ancient, and I expect that kind of behaviour. It's not acceptable, okay, just because the behaviour is expected. It's not acceptable. Right. But you can see it coming a mile off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas... Mercy and Kirk. We'll start with Mercy, you know, one of the lead characters. I think I listened to three minutes of the audiobook and sent you a text message and it said, 
Mercy is pissing me off already. Yes. And your response was, ha, 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 ha. I told you she would. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sounds, sounds about right. Sounds accurate. She's the worst. She is the worst. I don't understand why she's so terrible unless it's because she's negatively affected by the gates. She does surmise that. That is one of her... When she yeah, but she doesn't, she doesn't say it about herself. No. She just no. talks about how everyone else in town is terrible because of the gates. But seriously, she yeah. is awful. I've never... I mean, Aphrodite in the House of Night series was so self-centered and self-serving until, you know, she had the, the bitch slap awakening. Mm-hmm. But she was, she's nothing like Mercy. I, no. I have no sympathy for Mercy. I don't care what happens to Mercy nope. as a character. If she stayed in Duat, fine, whatever. Kenty, yeah. she's not worth it, mate. No. She's toxic. No. I'd be worried, or I'd be more upset if Kenty didn't get out, even though Kenty's like, no, it's okay. This is like where I'm supposed to be for right now, and it's it's fine. It's not great. But it's fine. His and, mom, which is yeah, nice. his mom's there, which he hasn't seen in a long time because, you know, she's dead. But she wasn't technically dead. She was just banished to do what by Upawant. Jerk. Jerk. But yeah, I I feel more upset for Kenty than I do for Mercy. I don't care mm-hmm. about Mercy. She's yeah. awful. Yeah. Her chapters were a struggle. When I don't sympathise with the character at all, I really struggle to pay attention to them. And I probably had to re-listen to her chapters a couple of times just because I phased out. I thought, yeah. I, I just didn't care enough. I, I went and started doing something else. I completely drew my attention away. And then suddenly went, hang on, I'm listening to an audiobook. I need to dial it back a, a chapter. Do you know what my favourite parts of the Mercy chapters were? Zena. Mm-hmm. And Kenty. Mm-hmm. Because Zena Zena was in <laughs> almost all of Mercy's chapters. And I'm glad. I'm glad because we needed that. You know, I I don't care I don't care about Mercy at all. But mm. the fact that Zena is involved with her got me through the Mercy chapters. Yes. Do you know <laughs> Do you know when she's talking to her goddess Freya? And Freya mm-hmm. is like, oh, I've given you a present. I'm not going to help you. There's one of your omens. You've got to sort it out yourself, love. It's a learning curve. You know? Yeah. You're 16. You need to learn this stuff. But I'm going to give you a present. It's like, ooh, presents. I want presents. And then she finds out that Azina's has been made a familiar. I screamed. I literally went, what the fuck? I Zena, know. You do not deserve to be latched onto mercy no. until your death. That is awful that's the worst thing posing no. honestly i i raged i think i actually had to stop the audiobook and just go ah, for a... i know i got like a selfish bratty teenager going that's not fair that's not fair like don't give her to mercy mercy's awful but also i guess mercy needs a thousand times more help than hunter does Hunter can do everything on her own, which she shouldn't have to, but she can. And I yeah. don't think Mercy can. Mercy's no. not ready to do anything by herself. She's too she's too self-absorbed. She's so immature. 
she's it's just yeah I, I, I absolutely hated that she doesn't respect her sister enough to let her sister mourn their mother in her own way that she has to conform to her what she wants to do yeah I hate the fact that she never let Hunter finish a sentence Mm -mm. that everything was the expectation of what would make her life easier make her happier and met her needs um and that she constantly mourned about needing and wanting this connection with her sister and not feeling whole without it and that she wants to talk to her and then when finally hunter does come to talk to her and it's some serious stuff she's got her involved in yeah that she just won't even entertain her she won't it's not even that she wouldn't let her finish a sentence in some in some of it she wouldn't even let her finish a word mm. and it's just what and finally when xena told her off and said you've been wanting all this you finally know you know that hunter is not one to share and she finally comes to you and is asking for help and you reject her you reject your sister your twin yeah i i just i i i want i was shaking with anger at one point because i just do not like the mercy character she's Mm-mm. so ill-named as well there is no mercy in her no I really, really, I really liked that scene that you were talking about where Xena is finally like, uh, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know I love you. You know I'm here for you. But what the hell are you doing right now? And also that Emily did that. Emily yes. tried multiple times, too, to be like, don't you think you should try to talk to Hunter? Don't you think you should check on Hunter? Don't you think you should let Hunter finish one sentence? And she's like, no. God damn. Oh. No, she's terrible. And I wish that she would stay and do what? She can just die down there. God, yeah. That's um, one of the things that PC cast and Kristen cast do very well are the friends. Yes. The friends of the main character. Yes. Or the found family of the main character. Yes. They really flesh those. As much as they might not be in as much, as much as they might not be the character developmental arcs, they are fleshed out and they are... The, the the better characters of the piece. Yeah. They really know how to do those. And the fact that Emily steps up and calls Mercy out on on a bullshit. And Xena especially. And the Xena tried to do it on multiple occasions. Like you could you could tell that she was trying to do it, but trying to get Mercy to come up with it herself. Yes. Yeah. And then eventually she has to go, no. No, you, you've made a mistake and I'm disappointed in you. Yeah. And then she just gets mad again. She doesn't feel any emotions other than anger. Like, you're familiar. It's self-love and that's all she knows. I know. It makes me so disappointed. But I love Hunter. Hunter. I like Hunter a lot. Yeah, Hunter. Time for her chapters. Yeah, I enjoyed listening to Hunter's chapters because, yeah, they're, I mean, they're kind of in the same boat. They both want to close these gates, but Hunter's actively doing something about it. She's not necessarily doing the right thing, 
No, but that's where Mercy, if Mercy was a better person, would have said, no, this is not the path I think we should follow. But we established in the first one how Mercy is not a nice person because she tells her sister to give up her god. That it's her god that's the problem. That's her that's causing the issues. She puts all the blame, all the onus on Hunter from book Mm -hmm. one. And she maintains it all the way through. Even in this one where she's kind of like, maybe I misinterpreted that poem, that prophecy wrong. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But she doesn't actually say, yeah, I've done bad and I'm sorry. No, I don't, I don't know what it's going to take to get her to apologize. Yeah. But you're right. Hunter is a good, good character because... Whereas Mercy's like, I'm going to go and perform the same spell over and over and over and over again and get the same results, which is what, the definition of madness? Yes. Hunter hits the books. Yes. Do you know one of my favourite parts was when Hunter got her phenomenal cosmic powers? (laughs) In a big garage apartment. Yes. I really enjoyed that because you know, she's finally, you know, she's still using blood magic, mm. which is not great, but it's getting shit done. And then, you know, she realizes that like she finds she finds her pendant to tear, which she thought she lost mm-hmm. at the end of book one, and she finds it. And then at the end, when she channels the cosmic powers. Like, her pendant is glowing again, and it's, like, shiny and sparkly, and so, hey, Tear's there. He might not have appeared to you, but he's still there. Well, that's it. I mean, Freya's like, I'm not going to come every time you call. You know? Zina warns Mercy as well. Yeah, like, she's probably not going to come and see you, but she's, you know, she'll give you signs. She'll give you omens, and then they... You know, but omens oh. bite. <laughs> I like it when that happens. I wonder how much Amphitrite was blocking Tear. She could have been. She could have completely been doing that. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was running interference and trying to take Hunter for herself. And yeah, because Amphitrite is seriously up to something. I was really worried at the end when she was doing, when when she called up her river and then made the pentagram appear and then Hunter was doing the spell and she's like, no, you're doing it wrong. I was thinking, not the fact that well, it's obvious that she's done this spell before so she could have told her how to do it immediately, mm-hmm. but I was thinking she was telling her that she's doing it wrong and trying to convince her to do some other sort of spell. Yes, yes, I thought the same. Like she's getting, she's getting her to open the gate instead of close the gate, which is kind of what happens. I mean, Amphitrite bubble burns a hole through the gate, so Nuriona can come out. But I don't know. I thought it was going to be more twisted than it was at the end. Yeah, like it made me try and remember how she worded her offers of help I can help you with the gate not I can help you close the gate how specific was she and I honestly couldn't remember Um, but I was yeah I was 
I was expecting that. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really like Amphitrite, though. I mean, of course I do because she's a bad guy and I, I like the bad guys. But, I mean, she's a sea witch. Yeah. She is a sea hag. And we know how much I like a sea hag. Yes, I very much enjoyed it. Again, another thing that PC cast and Kristen cast do very well. They do very good female bad yes. villains, female villains. Yes, like female villains that you love to hate. And they also do really good douchey football bros that oh my just God. want to set on fire. I remember I was having this conversation and probably got a little too impassioned with the husband. <laughs> Take that how you want. Um, about the first one, and I was like, he just turned on a dime. I distinctly remember the conversation with Amanda, where we're like, Kirk was all fine and dandy, and then all of a sudden, he's a jerk. Why? What the heck happened? And having to re-listen to that chapter again, and he just explodes in this one. I just disgusting, disgusted. Yeah, he's terrible. I I hate him so much. I did not want, nor did not need, his point of view. No, it just made me so angry. He's the the worst. The rage table exploded in knives and sharp things. And And flaming candles. Flaming candles burning. Just... I mean, the systematic abuse being taught in his family because he's in the car with his dad. His dad is really annoyed and angry and frustrated and resentful and points out to Kirk, when you hit them, you make sure you don't leave a mark. And I was really sick at that point. I was like, oh, no. So obviously, Kirk's behaviour is learned behaviour. Obviously. Terribly bad and toxic. Yeah. But the scenes when he's in the bathroom with Hunter, I really liked how Amphitrite came. I liked how his hand got crushed and Mm -hmm. how it was his throwing hand. Bye-bye football career. Mm -hmm. It felt vengeful. I liked that. Yes. Especially when she, like, just steps over him and out of the bathroom. So oh, good. I love so a vengeful good. bathroom moment. Yes. It was Why? Sweet. Wait. What other vengeful bathroom moments are you talking about? I don't know. That's the one big moment and I've decided that I need more in my life. There's got to be more vengeful bathroom moments. There's got to be more vengeful bathroom moments. Can't top that one. It was just sweet. It was very good. And the car scene with Mercy, Mm. I honestly expected the assault to go further. I did too. I'm glad that the police officer showed up. Yeah. When he did. And I'm glad the police officer believed Mercy. Yeah. And actually did something. Yeah. The um, picnic scene was horrible. Yeah, it was. When he's like... And the coaches, you need anger management problems. He's fisting his hand in his pockets. I'm not going to anger management. I don't have anger management. You've just no. made a fist. You're getting angry now. 
Yeah, and he's you're angry go literally right this moment. I'm going to go with roids and I'm going to beef it and I'm going to become yeah. a quarterback. No, no, linebacker. I don't know. I don't know football. I Fuck don't know guy. English football, never mind American. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I just horrible, horrible. And he's hopped up on pills and drinking and stuff all the time. Like, we know that he's negatively impacted by the gates, but like, how, how much worse can he get? I put it to you, Amanda. I put it to you that all the gates are doing are turning the dial up on people's. Oh, yeah, they're definitely. It's definitely amplifying. It's not changing anybody. It's It's amplifying what's already there. It's like it's drunk behavior. It brings out the worst in people. Yeah, and that's that's what's happened. It's a drunk behavior without the alcohol. He was a disgusting person, and he's even more of a disgusting person. Yeah. And I, I need more. I need more vengeful bathroom scenes. Where he yes, gets you more need more vengeful bathroom scenes. You know, I wish that there had been more of Jax, because I really enjoyed Jax in book one. Mm. I wish that there had been more Jax minus Kylie. I don't care about Kylie. I wish that Kylie and Hunter would have become a thing, but. I don't need Kylie. I need more Jax. I liked Jax. I feel like Jax, aside from Xena, was probably my favorite character from the first book. But, you know, he's barely in this one. He wasn't in the first one much either. None of, like, Emily wasn't either. And that was one of our things that we wanted more of the friends to step up and be in a bit more present. Emily has been. Right. And Jax, there was a really good chapter in the first book where they like go to a plant store or something and they're like having to hide under a table and silly shenanigans and things are happening. And that was so fun. Yeah. I just, I I wish there was more Jax. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish that there had been more Xena because they weren't at home. They weren't at home this time. So there was not a whole lot of Xena. Although Xena at the funeral scene wearing yeah. human clothes was <laughs> so good the negotiation about if she wears a bra she gets to strut around everywhere naked later on yes which was like you have, the skin she wants to wear you have to be here right now fully clothed wearing shoes but when we get home you can do whatever you want you can be naked as a cat you can be naked as a person, but right now, in public, at a funeral, you have to wear clothes. And she's like, really? Do I? And then she licks her hand and rubs someone's hair the right way. Oh, poor Emily, who's already allergic to cats, and has Zena literally pouring at her, and then like licking her and stuff, and she's like... This is awkward. <laughs> Do you know what I like about Emily, though? That she comes prepared with her Claritin or her allergy medication or whatever it is. She's like, no, it's okay. I like it when you, you know, as a cat, sit in my lap. I like it when you, as a person, give me hugs. So I'm preparing myself because I like you. I'm taking my medication so I won't sneeze in your face. Emily is probably one of my favorite characters actually Emily is very good I wish that the crossover we tried to create 
with this and House of Night were to come true. And I wish... I know, I know PC said it's not true, but in my head it's canon, okay? It is, it is. She's like, she's like, no, guys... This Emily is a beautiful black girl, and the Emily in the other one is not black. And we're like, so? It doesn't matter what Emily looks like. It's the same person. Where's Lynette? <laughs> book three. <laughs> Lynette's going to show up in book three. Oh, I thought there's a character called... Even it's just like the coffee baristas call Lynette it's like oh, it's Lynette <laughs> I know that would be just make you the know... entire fan base like go crazy with but, she, but she already told us no and I don't care no exactly it's like that's fine but as an author you have now relinquished control of your book because it's in the public <laughs> now we gotta write our fan fiction <laughs> So we're going to make them join, we're going to make them ask for help from Zoe and the rest of the nerd herd. Minus Jack. Can't, can't abide Jack. No, no, we don't need Jack. We just need Zoe and Stevie Ray and Aphrodite and Shawnee and Damien. Yeah. Who's missing? Someone's missing. Um, Stark? No, I don't care about Stark. I just want the, I want the, like, casting a circle crew. Who am I missing? Because it was Aaron. Aaron did water. And then Aaron turned into a slut. Oh, she was. The The girl, ice cream shoes. Uh Ice cream shoes. I can't think of her real name. But she became the water person. Was she the one who was blind as well? Uh, Shaylin. No, I think Shaylin stood in for a little while. Shaylin's gone off. To a different house of night. Yeah, Shaylin's doing something else, but it's ice cream shoes, and she dies in the swimming pool. <laughs> I forgot about that one. It's a shame because she was the champion swimmer, and then she drowned, That's which was terrible. I know, and I'm sad that I can't think of her name except for that her name is Ice Cream Shoes because but that's what that Aphrodite called her. Now has to go and hide in a small town in is it Montana or? Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. Small town Oklahoma, because they've got secrets. Maybe. And be terrorized by a serial killer. Mm. No, let's Or just know. Jack. Just Jack. <laughs> let's, have, let's have Jack get murdered by a cyclops. Or let's dump Jack in Duat. Yes. With zombie baboons. Yes. Done. Cannon. What else do we need to talk about? Because oh. now we're crossing into we're crossing into House of Night. What is happening? Can I complain about two more things about Mercy, please? Yes. Yes. No one. No one calls going to the Egyptian underworld a vacay. You are not a valley girl. This is not clueless. Stop it. And what's with the all the bloodies buggerings and sodding remember Again. remember yes I, I and forgot. they already oh, they already yelled at her in book one saying oh my god you're not british stop it and she's like i don't care 
bloody hell, I don't care. She should have gone on holiday in Duat, if that is what we're going for here. She should have gone on holiday, not on vacay. As a Brit, pain. Yes, as a non-Brit, pain. This is not... (sighs) You're not British. You don't have a British BFF who will laugh at you when you say things. You can't you can't just do it. You can't just talk like that without being surrounded by anyone else because no one knows what you're talking about and everyone thinks that you're that you sound stupid. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. Stop it. Why did Zena have to watch Love Island? So you let Zena do whatever she wants. She can do whatever she wants. Zena is perfection. Time, I'm still a little disappointed that she watches Love Island. She can do whatever she wants. I don't care. And it's the British one as well, which I feel like is a shoehorn to try and explain why Mercy uses British slang. I just, weak. I just think that she thinks that she's wanting to sound cool or unique or. She Whatever. Thinks she thinks she's smart. I don't she know. She says bloody buggering and sodding. I don't know. It's terrible. It's terrible you know and what? I hate it. And she so does everyone off. else. She can sod off. Yes. Wanker. I just, I really just appreciate, still from the first one, where everyone's like, you're not British. Stop it. Stop it. Mercy. Stop it. Stop it. Cease and desist. Anything else? Anything else we need to talk about? You know, I feel like a lot of it's just again, going back to the bloody buggering sodding. It's reiterating things that we talked about in the first one. I really appreciate the variation of mythologies that's used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, really nicely done. Well done, Zena. Amazing again. Yes. And having really good, strong found family. And yes. Another and the strong female villain. Yes. I love all of those costs. things. Yes, I love all of those things. And as much as I despised Mercy in this one, I it made me like Hunter even more, and I'm proud of Hunter for doing all of the hard work that she did. But I kind of just want her to, like, leave Mercy in the underworld. I'm with you. I am completely Just leave her. You just leave her down there, and you can save the world by yourself. And I think that will be, I think that will be a great book three. Mercy's full of hollow promises and false hope, whereas Hunter is, uh, freaking do this and now she's got tear back on her side yes honestly when she, she had to swear herself to Amphitrite to save that man from drowning oh my god I was like no just let him drown don't do it it's bad it's bad it's bad but she had to do the right thing and I, and I get that I do I totally get that but like oh I felt really bad for her yeah I also, I also felt bad for her, but I really liked when Amphitrite like turned people into spheres of water and just, and they exploded in a puddle and then they just rolled down to the drain. 
she has style and panache. Yes, I love Amphitrite. She knows showmanship. She does. She does. I and I appreciate that a lot. Yes. <laughs> Were you surprised by anything? I guess we should probably talk about surprises. I feel like that's the last thing we have to talk about. Um, how much I was raging, and had to actually physically stop listening to then rage more. Um, that probably doesn't come as too much of a surprise. I would I would say Kirk's jerkhood ramping up even more. Yeah. Kirk, I'll tell you what surprised me the most. Kirk's arts and crafts ability with a broken hand. Yes. And where did he get that Barbie? Yes. It's, well, it's, probably, it's obviously from his own collection. Well, how did he pick which one to melt their feet? I can imagine he's probably got a least favourite. It yeah. might be a knockoff. It might be a Cindy. Mm, yeah. It's a it's a Barbie that he found at the dollar store. Yeah. He didn't want to ruin one of his good Barbies. Mm. One of the collectors in the ball gowns, he did not want to do that. Take it from a person who has sacrificed plushies for the sake of art. <laughs> and very recently as well. Um, you don't want to use one of your own. You go to the thrift shop. But yeah, I was very surprised by his arts and crafts ability. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, how do you use scissors? Because it was his good hand that was crushed. It was like his right hand or whatever. Mm. How do you... How did he use scissors with his left hand to cut out the flames? Do you think he just tore the... You think he just tore the construction paper? Possibly. I mean, it would probably give a bit more of a fire effect. Like a kind of rough, natural... For you some earthy feel than yeah. using scissors. Yeah. I mean, the other option, which is much more mundane and very boring, so I don't really want to go there too much, is that it was Jax's very Christian mom who believes Hunter is a Satanist did it. Which then calls into question did she help out too much with Jax's art projects in the past? Yeah, and also, why is she hanging out with Jax? That's inappropriate. Was it Jax's mom? Jax's Jackson. mom is the yeah. Yeah, well, Kirk. But why? Why is she hanging out with Kirk? It's it's inappropriate because Jax and Kirk aren't friends. No, but didn't Kirk go to talk to her and the pier? Yeah, the she picnic? did. I mean, yeah, yeah, he so did. So I think they bonded over. But what I'm saying here is it is inappropriate for a middle-aged woman to hang out with a teenage boy playing with Barbies. When you say it exactly like that, wow. (laughs) Not appropriate. Wow. I'm trying to decide if if he went to, like, her house. Did he go to her house? Dining room table. Did they go to, like, the library or a community centre? Because she couldn't have gone to his house because his dad wouldn't have no. handled him, him playing with Barbies. I don't know. Can I tell you... Where do you play with Barbies? Can I tell you that I, myself, as a middle-aged woman, have played with Barbies with teenage boys in the public library? I mean, it's- as part of my job 
it was a really it was a good time we made zombie barbies and it was a good time and the boys liked it so much i want it was a good time one of my barbies to turn into a zombie kind of undead creature that i hung from my waist by a noose belt for a halloween party reasonable where i went that's good that's good i like that did you have construction paper flames no i was because your hand was crushed you were green i was green Mm. and i i got an old dress and ragged it up and tore it and back then my hair was like the curliest of curly and it was almost triangular and I green that it... up as well. Mm. Good. Sounds good. There's pictures somewhere. It's terrible. I like need to find one. I can share some zombie Barbie pictures. Those still exist somewhere. Okay. I think I was like 16. Mm. So appropriate age for the book though. Yeah, really. Um, I don't think I've shared what my surprise is. Go for it. Nuri Ona coming out at the end. Ooh. I was so excited about that because I like, you said it like an hour ago, talking about the different mythologies that are in this story. And I really like that. I like the mythologies being mixed up and, you know, getting just a little bit of each one. And I was really excited that they went to the Japanese gate next because there are some really cool monsters in Japanese mythology and I hope that we see more of them. I agree. And I kind of hope that there's like a badass Japanese gate guardian who is female and Hunter gets to go on a date with a Japanese Badass guardian, gay guardian. She has broken teeth. She was jilted at the altar, but she's looking for ready for she's love again. She's looking for love, and you know she doesn't have eyes, but she makes up for it in other th- in other ways. She's very attentive. She has her she own is. place. She does. Mm-hmm. There may or may not be bodies in the walls. The male may not be only dropping around everywhere, but you know. You know, and the wallpaper may or not shift around behind you in the background and laugh at you while you're not looking. But we call those character features. Yes. Wouldn't that be great? I hope that happens. (laughs) I really hope that happens. That will be really fun. (laughs) What do you think's gonna? What do you really think is gonna happen in book three? I mean, obviously, because it's just a trilogy, this is this is going to be the end. Obviously, they're going to fix the gates. They're going to have to replant tree or two, I think. Do you think that they're going well, firstly, to... Firstly, we're going to have to... Well, firstly, let's think methodically. Okay. Xena and or Hunter, more specifically Hunter, are going to get Mercy out of Duarte. Yes. <laughs> We're going to have 
a lot of whinging and whining and butting of heads. I think Hunter's finally going to stand up for herself. Yes. And say, you have got to stop being terrible. Yes. Sometimes a bitch has just got to be slapped. Yes. Um, there's going to be a reconciliation. There will be. There was a lot of play up in this particular book, in book two, about Mercy's powers to be able to make things like flourish quickly and grow quickly. Yeah, she's so growing I, a tree. She's growing at a least tree. one. Yeah, she's growing at least one tree. Um, you, there's got to be a stage where you're like, we cannot bring this back to life unless we create a zombie tree, and that's a whole other trilogy. Yeah, of zombie tree attack, which I'm for. Which would that be good. might be some fanfic. Yeah, I would read that. Yeah, that's our fanfic for the week then. Um, but yeah, Mercy's definitely going to um grow, plant and grow a new tree. Do you think that Kenty is going to also come out and into this world? Because he's not the guardian anymore. Upawant has relieved him of his duties. Do you think I he's think... gonna? Do you think he's gonna come into Goodyville? Is his goddess was it Hathor? I'm not. I'm not sure if that is his chosen goddess, but he did work ca- love and respect Hathor. I think there's a very good chance Kenty will be asked. Now you're alive. Do you want to go back to the mortal realm and not live in any of the underworlds? I think there's a very strong possibility. Um, I'm concerned about Jackson Hunter's relationship, that Jackson's going to find out that Hunter kind of didn't perform a love spell, because that's stupid, um, but, you know, made Kylie see the potential in their relationship more yeah. clearly and be a bit resentful over that. But hopefully, Kylie seems to be a good person. She's taking care of Hunter on multiple occasions, so maybe it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, it's not that she's changed a person. She hasn't. No. She's not manipulated their personality or their attitudes or anything like that. She's just kind of let them be a bit more relaxed about the possibility of the relationship they were thinking about. Yeah, and she's helped them realize that they both do like each other. I think it should, it, the, the spell needs to be found is like, you know, passing the note spell. You know, you, it's when your, your best friend passes a note to the person that you like and it says, mm-hmm. if you ask Amanda out, so this is me passing the note to Jacob uh-huh. and saying, if you ask Amanda out, she will say yes. Yes. And then that's, you know, the green light for Jacob to go, Amanda, you're worth me. And you're like, <gasps> That, so it's a passing the note oh spell rather yeah. than any it's it's I'm not f- any sort of enhancement it's not any sort of manipulation yes yes yeah and then you two can kiss and have cats yes so that's yes. what I that's how I'm saying it and I'm hoping it doesn't come between them I think there might be a bit of a there might be a little bit of a tiff yeah but it'll all be worked out because yeah. we can't have this core group of friends being torn apart. 
they're definitely going to come back together and everyone is going to realize that they've been shitty to each other and they're going to be their found family and it's going to be fine. Yeah, I think with it being a trilogy as well and we're coming up to the last one, if there's going to be any strife in that camp, it probably would have started now. There would have been the seeds planted because we can't deal with, essentially, the final battle of the big bad the build-up to this battle with the big bad and this petty bullshit. No. I feel like it's going to be like an intervention almost with everyone against Mercy saying, what is wrong with you? Stop it. And she'll be like, what are you talking about? And then she'll go, yeah, you're probably right. And then she'll apologize to everyone and then they'll all work together and great things will happen. Yeah. And Xena will be there. And Hunter will also be gifted the ability to talk to Xena in cat form. I wonder if she already has it, but she doesn't know it because she hasn't she been hasn't around. Been around. Yeah, it's possible. But yeah, that's going to have to happen. Because Xena cannot be, in my humble opinion, the familiar to one of the twins and not the no, other. It's, no, it's not fair. Especially you know, mercy. Uh, no. I got really worried, which I know that PC Cast will not harm a hair on Xena's beautiful head, cat or person, but I got really worried when Kirk was like, I'm gonna go and get their cat. Which would be hilarious because Xena would be like, uh-uh. And she would scratch him up and bite him and, you know, break his neck and bring him around. Oh, he would definitely come off the worst. And he then would. he would be in a padded cell with a lovely fashionable straight jacket on. Yes, because who in their right mind is going to believe that the tiny, well not tiny because she's a Maine Coon, the beautiful, fluffy, gorgeous cat turned into a beautiful, glorious, naked woman and beat the shit out of a teenager. <laughs> With her bosoms flying everywhere. With her bosoms. She would strangle him with her bosoms. It's possible. And scratch his eyes out with her beautiful fingernails. Yes. He would... He, he Nobody... On top of that, screaming witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think... Kirk is going to end up in one of the underworlds? I hope so. I hope that he gets... Nuriona'd. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm happy for any of the beasties that come out of the underworld to get him. I'm very happy for it, but I want it to be gloriously violent, and vicious, and horrible for him. I want him to scream like a little piggy. You know what would be nice if they, for so, some reason, all of the gates are open, and monsters come out of all of them. And Kirk is just in the middle. And all of the monsters are like, holy crap, I gotta eat someone or I'm gonna turn grey and I'm gonna die. And so they all go and eat Kirk at the same time. Do you know what that reminds me of? What? The Fear Street movie. The, the, the trilogy, you know, when it's set, they're in the mall more specifically and all the monsters are coming around and chasing after yeah. one person. Yeah. Just smother him in the tasty treat of their desire and they're all like yes that is what i want to happen yes i I want him to be in the middle of the pentagram of 
the ley lines. And he's just there and he's like, yeah, I'm going to burn some witches. And then all of the monsters come out and eat him. Yes. I, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, for either Hunter or Mercy, um, can imagine he has one of them pinned down and in a very precarious situation, either in any direction you want to go. But it's a dangerous situation for them. And you think the bad is going to happen, the worst, the next step is going to take place, but then the monsters come. Yes. And the monsters Yeah, I would be okay with that. Yeah. I would be okay with that. Because one of them's attracted to his anger and lust. Yes. I was going to say, that terribleness is happening. And then all of the monsters come out and they take Kirk away and then the sisters are like, thank you, monsters. And then we appreciate you. Can you go back to your gates now? And then everything is happy. And they got to eat Kirk. And so they are pleased. And then they just go back to their gates. And then everything is fine. Whilst Michael Jackson's thriller starts playing. And then they start doing the thriller yes. dance back to their yes. respective gates. Claire, you've taken it too far. Have I? You have. You have taken it too far, and Fine. now it is it is time for us to move on because you, can you just ruined have... it with Thriller. No, well, you can either have Michael Jackson's Thriller <laughs> or you can have Backstreet Boys. You've got to pick one of them, but we need some iconic zombie-style well, dancing clearly, action in the background. Clearly, you have to. Clearly, you have to go with Thriller. So There's no. Yeah, but yeah, you've taken it too far, and now we oh. need to move on, and now we need to play Would You Rather. Would with coral yeah go with back coral. to your underworld to the tune of thriller or backstreet boys <laughs> save it for next time claire amanda is it time it is time it is time it is over time it's overdue yes and as we said at the top of the episode, we're very excited because we're joined by superfan Coral. Yay! Finally! At last! Finally! At last. Like, literally, planets have had to align. We've had oh to gosh. make offerings to several deities Ooh. of dubious nature. We have. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not going to say that I asked Amphitrite for help, but I did. But you're not, and I not do not regret that. it. I do not regret it. <laughs> Let me love my villains. She is from the sea, and so kind of lines that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's perfect. Perfect. It's is that why she helps perfect. wash the blood out? Because salt water is really good to get blood blood out of things. Yeah, and you know everything around her is bloody all the time so she's got to be good at getting the blood out of things Whoa, i feel like i've had a weird revelation you have she is the goddess of laundry <laughs> we're giving her a lame thing to to claim power over every deity has to have at least one lame thing where you go really uh, okay you do you Oh, okay. But it's with salt water, well, so I don't know if I want her to do my laundry with salt water. To get the blood stains out, you do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll be helpful. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Bring on the laundry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Strangely, none of the questions are about, you know, how do you want to get blood stains out? Conventional methods or salt water from a deity. Um, what we do have is we the social media would you rather, which is, would you rather encounter a being from the Egyptian underworld or the Japanese underworld? And I'm going to give you statistics and tell me if you are at all shocked. On Facebook, Egypt won with 83%. On Instagram, Egyptian underworld won with 88%. On Twitter, the Egyptian underworld won with 60%. And on TikTok, you may be surprised by this. The Egyptian Underworld one with 91%. Everybody is going to the Egyptian <laughs> Underworld, apparently. Why? I don't know. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Do we want to share some comments? Yes, this may actually explain things and also give us some okay. tips for when we answer. So Headzilla on Twitter said, yes. Egyptian, please, and thank you. Egyptian beings are all animals and stuff. Japanese folklore suggests that all their, all their underworld thingies are just straight up terrifying. Make you shit your pants. Nightmare fuel. Okay. Okay. Bree on Facebook says, this one is tough because most underworld creatures from both cultures are super fascinating, but I like how neutral the Japanese figures are, whereas the Egyptian ones seem more like figures leading someone on a quest or test. I'd feel more at ease with something without a specific agenda in mind for me beyond, do I want to help or curse this random person today? Clearly, Bree has researched. We're not could... shocked by that. No, she could cite her sources. Constance on Facebook said, Egyptian underworld for me, please. I have a feeling it will be a good place for cat lovers. Yes, yes. Yes, Annie on Facebook said Egyptian because everything I know I learned from watching the mummy movies. Plus, I'm with Constance about the cats. <laughs> Socialist Republikov Saar on TikTok said, the Japanese one scares me like a lot. Then I had some comments from the library. Egypt, Egypt, Egypt. I may love Asia, but Egyptian beings are just so cool. And what another one said, Egypt, because I could win Anubisilver with belly rubs and treats. Probably Bassett too. Probably. <laughs> and then finally, Japanese underworld, because cool tattoos. <laughs> I have no help with any of those comments. Coral, what do you pick? <clears throat> I pick the Japanese underworld. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, like full geisha, snakes, cherry blossoms, koi. I mean, if I'm going to the Egyptian or the uh, Japanese underworld, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I'm picking Japanese too, mostly because I feel like they're more terrifying. Yeah. And that is my aesthetic. Yeah. I, 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 I do not. Um, I'm in no way surprised by that. I'm going Japanese too. More because I know the Egyptian one a bit better. And I don't know. Nah, yeah. But at least with Japanese folklore, a lot of the time it seems that the creatures are only terrifying if you do something that you shouldn't be doing. They're not just going to randomly come and pounce. There's always a reason behind them. And it's... I don't know. I feel like they're mischievous. Mm. Yeah, kind of. I do. Well, some of them are, I suppose. And I think some the Japanese them, yes. one just feels better, creepier. I yeah, like I'm all about. I'm all about the creepy. It'd be too hot in the all desert. About... Yeah. Yeah, it probably would be hot. 
hanging out in Duat. I don't want to go there. No, I don't want to go there either. That's why I'm thinking yeah. nice koi pond and then the big old snake comes out and gets you. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the yeah. sushi as well. They'd have some amazing sushi. Mm. And probably yeah, some probably. good ramen. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. Going where the munchies are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> it's reasonable. Yeah. It's reasonable. All right. Next question. Would you rather break Kirk's fingers or have him arrested? I <laughs> know. I hate him. This one was so hard for me. <laughs> Oh, I can't stand Kurt. I like want to option C on this one. I want to like break everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kurt, I'm going with broken, just breaking his fingers. Um, But then I think, why is he not in jail anyways? (laughs) You know, he should already be in jail. Yeah, he should be. He's the worst. He is the worst. You know for a fact the excuse will be, well, boys will be boys. Or mm-hmm. he's got a very promising career ahead of him. Let's not ruin this white boy's future. Ugh. That's why I'm glad his fingers are broken and hopefully he's done. <laughs> he gets what he does. Yeah. Ho- yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the coach won't let him come back because we all know he's not taking the anger management mm-hmm. courses. Oh, no. Oh, he's, he's not, not going to come back do. because he's going to go to one of the underworlds. I'm sending him to one of the underworlds. Mm. The scariest, yeah. creepiest, oh, yeah. most horrific one. Bye-bye, Kirk. Bye-bye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we, we had planned for the end of book three for him to be sacrificed to all the evil things that come out of the gates. Perfect. So, yeah. 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 Perfect. You missed that part of the conversation, Coral. Oh. But, <laughs> well, that, I, know, I'm uh, here for it. That's perfect. Yeah, you weren't. Yeah, you weren't here for that. So it'll be a surprise when you go back and listen to the episode. But it, it got it got pretty gruesome. Good. I like that. And we're excited about Good. it. Good. Yeah. So we're breaking his fingers. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Let's break Let's his fingers. Let's break fingers on both hands. Perfect. Let's break his toes. I'm yeah. Let's just break to his bones. Go with arrested. <laughs> but with the twist because remember we are the lords and masters of would you rather yes. so as he's getting arrested he resists oh no what happens when people resist <laughs> brutal force by the police the police not only break his hands they break his arm and his will to live Ooh. so yes. he goes okay. and spends think... the night in the police station with wounds his hand becomes infected and festers. And because it hasn't oh. see, it been mm. it hasn't had medical treatment straight away, it can never heal properly. Bye bye, Korea. Mm. Hello, criminal record. <laughs> yes. I think that sounds like a good idea too. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> or he resists arrest so much that he gets murdered by cops. Oh no! Option C for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And as he crashes down, it also breaks his hand. Yeah. Yes. Just get just get both of it. Yeah. Let's just 
let's just op- option C okay. here. We're we're doing both. It's fine. <laughs> he deserves it. He does. He's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next question. Would you rather be helped by a goddess who sends you almonds and signs or a goddess that appears to you in person but might also be evil? Uh, I know so where awesome. Amanda's going to go with this one. <laughs> There's no question. Everyone else answered this one because everyone knows what I'm picking. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking too. I mean, who wouldn't want to be helped by a goddess? evil or not (laughs) um but then i mean yeah omens are just so hard to like decipher pay attention to so that would be a little hard so i think i want help with that evil goddess yeah same same mostly just for the evil (laughs) (laughs) i mean you don't got us all the time so yeah i don't know it's so hard but i i think i want to meet this evil goddess especially from she's from the sea and i mean that's cool yeah omens they can bite evil goddess and learn omens can bite oh, my oh gosh. that was gonna oh my be gosh, my kitten. answer that was gonna oh, be my sorry. answer <laughs> Almost bite. I'm going with a potentially evil goddess and learn from her and you know mm-hmm. her apprentice. And then one day the apprentice will kill the master and take over. Mm-hmm. It's yes. me. I'm allowed to do a Star Wars reference. You are. And also, I mean, Hunter learned a lot from Amphitrite and then yeah. banished her a couple of times. Will it stick? It didn't really person? stick, but will it, it kind of did. Will it though? And she's got her book now. She's got her book that's full of juicy blood. So, yeah. Traditionally, you're not supposed to get a book wet. Yeah, it, traditionally, you're not supposed to bleed on a book. But, I mean. What's worse, bleeding on a book or dropping it in the bath? Mm, bleeding on it because the pages are stained and you can't read the words on the, you can't read the text anymore. You can Unless... read a wrinkly book. Unless the blood drops and the stains form the omen and sign that you are then supposed to interpret. Yeah. Yes. And then the goddess of laundry comes and helps you get the stains out. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Perfect. Why? Oh my gosh. Damn it. Okay. (laughs) So are we all going with the evil goddess? Yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Next question. Would you rather help Hunter or Mercy? Easy. What? I don't know. Given our conversation, Amanda, can I go for anybody other than Hunter? Because we can. Mercy. We love Hunter. Rage, flames, burning. I can't stand Mercy. I'm I'm so angry and disappointed with her. So it has to be Hunter. Hunter needs the help. Hunter would appreciate it more. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Hunter, I, I, I just feel like everybody right now is like against her. She's got 
an evil goddess, <laughs> Kurt, <laughs> Jax's mother. Like, that's the whole oh. other thing right there. Like, <laughs> she needs help against everything. So, yeah. I'm going to help Hunter. How do you feel, Coral, about the way Mercy acted in this book? I feel like, I mean, she's kind of just a little selfish, maybe. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, Xena became her familiar, you know, um, and then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, I have a guy, my sister, you know, like, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, she just irritated me too. <laughs> oh, smacker. Yeah. Like, you need to talk to your sister. Just stop and talk to her. So, a little frustrated with Mercy. Yes, we were very frustrated, especially mm. when Xena tells her, um, hey, kitten, you're wrong yeah. right now, and you, you need to go and talk to your sister. And then she gets mad at Xena. Like, yeah. nobody should ever be allowed to get mad at Xena. Yeah, right? That's what I, exactly. Like, she just became your familiar. You, you need to listen to what she's saying. That's what she's here for. And she didn't, so. A little sad. <laughs> sad. Um, I, I feel like Mercy doesn't get help. <laughs> she should have listened. Oh, she should have. Mm -hmm. hopefully things will turn around <clears throat> in yeah. book three yeah i think it will oh oh she stares into art just just putting it out there just putting it out there she could you stay know, there she might she might not be too upset staying in duat because she's right. got a hunky stud <laughs> yeah. there with her nice we all like neighbors. demonic baboons chasing you you know that's good cardio right. yeah um <laughs> and you know, Merit is there, and Merit is a good mother, and mm -hmm. she'll take care of them. Love so. the garden. Yeah, Merit's coming. Mm -hmm. She gets to stay there for a while. Might not be so bad. Yep. She but should. She deserves to stay there for a while. She does. <laughs> she, she, with it being a trilogy, I can't help but be worried that Mercy doesn't have the character growth that she needs but I hope she gets slapped. Mm -hmm. I really hope that Hunter physically slaps her and, like, you sort you, sort yourself out, love, and stop being so selfish and listen to uh -huh. other people. And I'm worried that mm -hmm. she's not going to get that in three, four hundred pages. Maybe she'll get scratched in the face by a zombie baboon and that'll, like, knock her down a peg. <laughs> yeah. So she'll... You know, she'll be more down to earth that when she be... has a cool face scar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. This is... And then nobody in the pizza shop will will think that she's her sister ever again. Just annoying yeah, her Yeah, and further. that'll solve. Yeah, that'll solve some of her pissiness. Mm -hmm. Everyone confusing her for Hunter all the time. She can go and be the disfigured witch in the woods. Go and live in a chicken legged cottage. Yeah. Next to a palm tree where our boar lives. Mm hmm. Yes. She can become Baba Yaga. <laughs> God. Oh my God. What's our last question? I feel like I tried to lead it. Uh, like, I think it was about the nasty toward... pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yes, would it you, was about the nasty pizza. It was. Would you rather eat a tuna, shrimp and broccoli pizza or a tuna sandwich with mayonnaise, onions and celery? Well, I'm definitely not going with the pizza. Oh, that's disgusting. Um, yeah, uh, let's go with that tuna sandwich. Um, uh, I'm going to eat around those onions because that sounds gross. <laughs> um, and then I would like to make a substitution <laughs> instead of celery. Can you do pickles? <laughs> yeah. It'll cost you an extra 50 cents, but yes. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. <laughs> oh, I Unless you're going to put like the, the cannabis truffles on the pizza, then that might help with the taste, but probably not. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I like to eat tuna sandwiches. Me too. I've yeah. never put celery. Yeah, I've never put mm. celery in my tuna sandwiches though, so I might have to try that. Cucumber in a tuna sandwich and sweet corn. I don't think I've ever done cucumber either. Mm. Corn? Sweet corn. Uh-huh. No, that's tuna weird. sweet corn. Oh, it must be a British thing again. But yeah, tuna mayonnaise, sweet corn mixed in, cucumber mixed in for crunch, tiniest little bit of vinegar in the tuna just to help bring out the flavor. That's why you put pickles in it. The the pickles. That's why you put pickles in. Yes, you're right. If you don't have pickles or a little bit of vinegar, like literally just three drops. If you don't have pickles. That's interesting. (laughs) See, I like a tuna sandwich with, I like onions. I like cheese. I like pickles. I like tomatoes. I like some lettuce. I like some banana peppers, maybe some jalapeno. Just mix it all in. Sounds good. That I, I don't... would have without the bread. I would just have that as a salad. Mm. That's that's also a thing. Yeah. Um, but I definitely don't want tuna on a pizza mm. because what kind of sauce does it have? Does it have like regular tomato red sauce? Because that does not mm. sound good. No. <laughs> Right, let's go back to Claire's childhood. Oh no! Used to, my mum my used to get me, and I, it was only me who ate it because nom, 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 I love fish food and I'm the only one in the family who really liked fish food. But she used to get me a tuna and prawn, or in your case, shrimp pizza. So that addition of broccoli is whatever. Broccoli is. But yeah. The delicious. What's what's the sauce? Just is tomato. it tomato sauce? Yeah, tomato with garlic. It's uh, but like it's got garlic and onion boiled down into. It. It's not like um, chunks of onion or garlic. It's like a more passata, like a like a tomato in a, in a sauce. But it's delicious. And I was at a restaurant a couple of weeks ago, a pizza restaurant, and they had a garlic prawn pizza, and I had that, and I shared it with my son, and we were both like, mm, delicious. It's 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 honestly really nice, so I I'm happy with either of these. I'll have one for my dinner and then one for my lunch. Sorted. Except not celery because celery makes my tongue go numb and I don't like it. Yeah, celery's not for everyone. Mm, no, no, but yeah, tuna, shrimp, broccoli, whatever, lovely, delish. Not evil, not wrong. Okay. I put pineapple on my pizza, so you can judge me all you like. No, that's a reasonable pizza topping. Yeah, I like pineapple. 
Okay, so... I'm honestly surprised the shock of having tuna on a pizza. I'm really, really surprised by how people are like, oh, really? Tuna? And even in the book, I was just like, oh, yuck. Don't get it. It's delicious. But that's what Lisa, she, she ate everything. She she ate the tuna and nothing else. So I guess, you know, pizza. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the thing with pizza. I love that about her. You get bored after a little while of the bread bit and you just eat the topping. Mm-hmm. Just eat the toppings. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that Zena wants all of these extravagant things. And then she's like, well, actually, <laughs> I'm just going to eat the tuna mm-hmm. and the shrimp. I'm going to eat around the onions and the celery. (laughs) Zena, just eat tuna. Just get tuna. Yeah. Nothing else. But she likes the mayonnaise as well. There's nothing wrong with that. So just give her a jar of mayonnaise, give her a couple of cans of tuna, and then go, fill your boots, there you go. No, but you have to open it for her. You know how she struggles. Struggles. the meals. Struggle is real. bless her that scene where they walk in and she's like tried to open up all the cans and nothing's opening and she's like i tried to use the can opener but it doesn't work i don't understand bless her nobody's here to help me what i don't know what to do so good she needs tuna in pouches is what she needs she's very dependent on everybody else cats are very independent creatures so what I suppose Zena's a bit more pampered. She could always, you know, go out and eat a bird, but sometimes you want to have your tuna. Yeah. (laughs) She needs to learn the spoon technique with the cans. I just think that she needs tuna in pouches. We need to tell PC that she needs to invest in the tuna in pouches so Zena will always be happy because, you know, she could just chew on that to open it. You can get sandwich fillings in jars, and one of them's like a tuna. You can also get salmon as well, where it's in a jar, sat as a sandwich filling, and you just, she could open a jar. I don't know if she could open a jar, because her fingernails are really long. You don't need nails to open a jar. She's got a pausable thumb now. It's hard. It's hard to grab stuff when you have long nails, though. It is. She's delicate. You're babying her. She is. She needs to be babied because she is a baby. We love her. She might be a precious, precious. We love her. She might be a precious, precious fluff ball. But you're babying her. She needs to learn a little moderate amount of independence to get a tuna. No, Xena deserves the world. (laughs) I'm not denying that. She has to deal with the twins. She deserves it. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she deserves She some needs bo- some cannabis truffles after yeah. after dealing with those girls. She needs a specific person just to open tins and jars and pouches and feed her tuna mayonnaise and do her food runs just for dealing with Mercy alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she does. She does. Um, okay, so I know that that's the end of Would You Rather, but Coral, oh, we, um, I know, we talked about what we thought would happen in book three, because book three is the end. Hex You, Out Next Year is the end. So we want to know what you think is going to happen in book three. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, since she 
put a hex on Kenty's dad. That's got to come in somewhere. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully it has. A what do you want to happen? Well, we definitely know the snake. She's in town taking over the PTA. So that'll be good. <laughs> PTA go down. <laughs> Would she improve the PTA if, you know, the Japanese snake goddess monster thing takes over? Yeah. She's going to she's going to ruin the next booster club. Yeah. She's going to eat the next booster she club. Is. And hopefully her <laughs> is there and he is eaten. <laughs> Yes, we would be okay with Kirk getting yes. eaten by Nuriona. That's what I'm here. Definitely fine. Definitely fine. What else? What else do you want to happen? Kirk has to have some kind of comeuppance. So, what's going to happen with him? Mm, yeah. What's going to happen with Mercy? She's stuck in Duat. Are the trees going to be closed, rescued, survived, gates closed? What's What's your guess? Right. Yeah, I think Hunter and Zena are hopefully going to figure out how to get them out um and then they're going to have to deal with the whole snake lady yeah it's going to be interesting i i feel like they're gonna heal the trees because hunter's got the book and i feel like that's going to come into play too to to save the trees she's gonna get rid of her goddess she's gonna do it on her own i feel like hunter's got this <laughs> do you think tears gonna come into play mm. yes yeah yeah he's he's definitely gonna help her for sure and then it's gonna show her sister that she could have just you had... you were wrong yeah you were right i was wrong <laughs> yeah that's definitely gonna come into play for sure I'm excited. Can I point out how frustrating it is that Freya essentially, you know, gives the green light and, you know, rewards Mercy yeah. for being a bitch to her yeah. sister and making like, her oh, here's sister a familiar for you. her yeah. god. Yeah. Oh, you're my devoted <laughs> supplicant. Here's a, a lovely reward. I'm just going to forget about everything else that you've done that is horrible and terrible and makes you a horrible and terrible person yeah where's the rule of three i ask you where's the rule of three but maybe uh, um with how she put a hex um on kenty's dad i can't remember his name um but you know it was times three if he did good so maybe something you know he can he'll start Maybe he'll help her, you know, with the hex times three, you know, maybe that'll come. That's a a good thought. I didn't Mm -hmm. think about that. But they Mm -hmm. did mention, like, yeah, this is a clever hex because Mm -hmm. everything that he does is going to come back to him. But if he starts being good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That's a good idea. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think we'll see any other... mythological creatures coming in so from we've got egypt and we've got japan in play do you think we're going to get any we have the japanese underworld so i would hope so yeah definitely not sure what it would be um 
But yeah, for I know sure. the ghost ones there. I can't remember the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the Norse Gate. Mm. Um, gosh, what are the other gates? I, I literally can't remember. It, 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 because get your get your framed thing <laughs> off the wall. Can you see it? I don't know. It's kind of blurry. Uh, let's see. There's the Egyptian, Greek, Japanese, the Hindu, Norse tree. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Hindu. Hindu. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've seen a little bit from the Greek. We had Polyphemus come through in the first one. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. We need to throw some Hindu stuff in there. I, I would rather see the Hindu than the Norse. Yeah. The Norse is covered in a lot of other series and books, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah, no, you don't get a lot of Hindu. No, no. Yeah. No. yeah. And that's going to be exciting. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> when does that release? We still have a while. <laughs> yeah, next spring? spring. Is yeah. it next spring? Um, probably but we also have into the mist to look forward to in just a couple of months we're very excited about that one that'll be good well coral thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me it's about i know yay (laughs) you've been with us on patreon since like the very beginning of patreon becoming a thing i know you're finally here we're so happy thank you i love you girls thank you so much are, are you going to come back next time for the last installment and have a full discussion with us? Yes, I think that we have to do that. We have to go ahead and plan it now. Okay, sounds good. Let's do it. Okay, awesome. Thanks. We hey, love you, thanks Coral. So thanks so much. I love you too. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. All right, bye. I love it when we have listener guests. I love it. And we need more. Bring them back. Drew. I'm looking at you. you. When are you coming on? This is unacceptable. Caitlin. 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 Caitlin is new to the family. She has her video now. So that means she is here. Get your butt on the Zoom calls. Yes. We need more. It needs so to happen. Stern. We are. Alright. Favorite final thought quote? You got any? Take off their heads before they take yours. Ooh. Yep. Yes. It's a good one. And you know what? I'm going to stick with that one. Just one? Just one. I'm going to stick with that one because... Yeah. I've got a few then. You know, you go I- for it. I, I like my one because it's it's how I'm feeling right now. Yes, definitely about. take off their head. Yes. Certain take characters. off Kirk's head. Yes. And if Mercy's accidentally falls off as well. I'm going to go like rub my vag all over Jack so he doesn't fumble any more balls. Oh, Hunter, you're so funny. Mint mist. Mint mist. No. 
Who'd ever heard of a superhero who walked from crime-fighting gig to crime-fighting gig? It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a pedestrian? <laughs> Peter Parker, when is Redstone Yes, yes. If it's that variation. And he's standing on top of the building and he's trying to make his... So, oh, now he just calls an Uber before he had to walk. Yeah. Um... I will also say, well, kitten, I believe you said it best yesterday. Omens bite. Oh, Zena. Oh, Zena. And finally, this was this was a big one throughout the entire book. And ye harm none, do what you will. That was what Abigail Goody taught her daughters about using magic. Do whatever you want, but don't harm anybody, okay? And they're like, yeah, okay. Mm. Awkward. Mm. But I thought that was a good one. I like that. Mercy, though, she thinks it's physical harm, but I think it's also psychological. It's any kind of harm. Exactly. And Mercy doesn't realise this, and she needs to learn that lesson. Mercy is harming everyone around her. She's so badly named. She's... There's nothing merciful about her. No. Alright. If you'd like to just try this. I'm going to suggest something that I found today, actually. Ooh, okay. Um, instantly told about Constance and other people, and they're like, yes, it's on my list. So, good. Um, it's not due out till August. That's the expected publication. Okay. Um, by Berkeley Books. So I think it's August 23rd is the date I found, but they're all obviously with publications. It's never sensed one. And it's called A Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches. And it's by Sangu Mandana. I like this one because it's set in Britain as well. As one of the few witches in Britain, side note, who can say sodding and buggering and bloody and And not. it's okay. And it's fine. As one of the few witches in Britain... Mika Moon knows she has to hide her magic, keep her head down, and stay away from other witches so their powers don't mingle and draw attention. And as an orphan who lost her parents at a young age and was raised by strangers, she's used to being alone and she follows the rules. With one exception, an online account where she posts videos pretending to be a witch. She thinks no one will take it seriously. But someone does. An unexpected message arrives, begging her to travel to the remote and mysterious Nowhere House, emphasis added by me, to teach three young witches how to control their magic. It breaks all of the rules, but Mika goes anyway and is immediately tangled up in the lives and secrets of not only her three charges, but also an absent archaeologist, a retired actor, two long-suffering caretakers, and Jamie, the handsome and prickly librarian of nowhere house would do anything to protect the children and as far as he's concerned a stranger like mika is a threat an irritatingly appealing threat as mika begins to find her place in nowhere house the thought of belonging somewhere begins to feel like a real possibility but magic isn't the only danger in the world and when a threat comes knocking at their door mika will need to decide whether to risk everything to protect a found family she didn't know she was looking for Ooh. Can you see all the not tentative links? 
yes, all they're they're non they're non tenuous. It is There's nothing yes. tenuous about that recommendation no. at all. No, none. And I think it sounds really fun. And it looks. I agree. I'm judging the book by its cover, and the cover I saw is beautiful. Wonderful. <laughs> what is the book that you have? I have selected Edgewood by Kristen Sicarelli. Okay. No matter how far she runs, the forest of Edgewood always comes for Emmeline Lark. The scent of damp earth curls into her nose when she sings and moss creeps across the stage. It's as if the woods of her childhood, shrouded in folklore and tall tales, are trying to reclaim her. But Emmeline has no patience for silly superstitions. When her grandfather disappears, leaving only a mysterious orb in his wake, the stories Emmeline has always scoffed at suddenly seem less foolish. She enters the forest she has spent years trying to escape, only to have Hawthorne Fell, a handsome and brooding tithe collector, tried to dissuade her from her searching. Refusing to be deterred, Emmeline finds herself drawn to the court of the fabled Wood King himself. She makes a deal. Her voice for her grandfather's freedom. Little does she know, she stumbled into the middle of a curse much bigger than herself, one that threatens the existence of this eerie world she's trapped in, along with the devastating boy who feels so familiar. With the help of Hawthorne, an enemy-turned-reluctant ally who she grows closer to each day, Emmeline sets out to not only save her grandfather's life, but to right past wrongs, and in the process, discover her true voice. Oh, that sounds really good. That sounds really fun. Mm. Do we have an indie spotlight this week? We do have an indie spotlight this week, and this one I would like to share came from my library. I got an email from... I, um, no, 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 this one did not come from the library. I did get an email um, from a new publishing house, but this is not from that, so I'm lying to you. I am part of a, like, a horror narrator indie press group on Facebook, and I get emails from them sometime, and this is one of those. And this book is called Livingston Girls by Brianna Morgan, and it's been out for a while, but there was a new one that has just come out recently by Brianna Morgan, and so I thought, well, I'm going to go and dig back into her back catalog because they all sound super fun. So this one is called Livingston Girls. I see something in you, Miss Abbott, something I recognize, the potential for greatness, for channeling magic, for bending the world to your will. After an affair with her teacher, Rose's parents ship her off to Livingston Academy, a stuffy all-girls boarding school. You know how we feel about boarding school books. I mean, come on. Ashamed of her past and herself, 16-year-old Rose just wants to chill, pass her classes, and make friends. The last thing on her mind is becoming a witch. Until the enigmatic headmistress gives her the chance to join a coven secret from the rest of the school. (laughs) Yay, secret underground hidden things led by an enigmatic headmistress. Yes, please. I know. 
Desperate to prove herself and looking for a purpose, the headmistress's offer seems too perfect to pass up. Rose puts on her metaphorical pointy hat and becomes a Livingston witch. She quickly discovers that the other witches don't want her in their group, especially because she's filling their dead friend's space. But if they can't band together, the witch-hunting headmaster of the boys' school will kill them. Oh my goodness. Damn it. Meanwhile, Rose struggles to understand her growing feelings for her roommate, who may or may not hate her guts. You know, typical boarding school stuff. It sounds so fun. That sounds so fun. We need next year, we're going to have to have a boarding school theme one month. We are. We definitely are. We definitely are going to have to have a boarding school month. Yeah. So great. Definitely. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Is this the first 2023 theme we've come up with? I think it might be boarding school. I'm just going to pop and make a new Google document. (laughs) Yes, please do. Boarding schools. Love it. I can't love believe it. we haven't even talked about it so far, as much as we love boarding school books. Like, why? We did do a back-to-school theme one, but it was more like old-school kind of... Yeah, more like classic stuff. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you can interpret any way you wanted to. But you I can. We, we probably hashtag tenuous linked that theme. Yeah, of course we did. But we're going to have to do boarding school. We are going to have to do boarding school. There's too many that are fun. You know what? Maybe it should be summer school, and then all summer long we do boarding school books. <gasps> I'm literally opening the document now. <laughs> I am. I, I am doing it, dear listeners. It's happening. Create. No, go away notification. New document. You're hearing it live right now. We're creating 2023 schedule right now. Okay, while Claire is doing that, I'm just going to wrap up. I'm just going to wrap up our episode. So that's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss another book that fits in with our May theme, May the Force Be With You, Rebel Rising by Beth Revis. And with Beth Revis! We love Beth Revis! Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you like this episode, check out our others, a rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>